Hey, Burke and I are here to welcome you back to part two. Welcome to the law firm of Davis and Davis. We're not a real law firm. Go ahead, grab a beer, a glass of wine, sit back and listen. Welcome back to the Davis and Davis show. Hi, Scott. Good to hear you again. <laughs> Damn tough, but the end. by your own petard. Mm. Mind if I give you a little bit of trivias and stuff that I found in doing a little bit of research? Sure. Okay. So I know that you did not see the Guardian special, but understanding that nebula gave rocket uh bucky's arm as a christmas present rocket was so happy about that that he is the one that made the nanotech arm for nebula that turns into weapons and everything mm. um now we remember in infinity war the nova Corps was pretty much wiped out the ga- the guardians of the galaxy are kind of the de facto crime stoppers now um remember in the beginning of the film when quill was super drunk and nebula just picked him up and carried him and that's when they were playing creep oh yeah that was a rubber mannequin that weighed 34 pounds and looked exactly like chris pratt it was kind of freaky let's see volume three was released the same week as the 15th anniversary of Iron Man and the start of the MCU. PETA, P-E-T-A, declared the film as the best animal rights film of the year, giving James Gunn a, a reward for his depiction of the cruelties surrounding animal testing. At the end of the film, and if we have not told you spoiler alerts by now, there's spoiler alerts. Uh, 2023 is the 50th anniversary of red bones recording of come and get your love and it returned at the very end in the mid credit sequence and uh so very much a 50th anniversary celebration for that song so i guess we should get into the film let's get into it <clears throat> guardians of the galaxies one little bit of a sleeper guardians of the galaxies two not a sleeper total freaking action and tons of fun guardians of the galaxy three fucking dark <laughs> but nobody died not even the no the guy at the end no he, he's confirmed as being held the, the I want to say high inquisitor, the high evolutionary is being held in a cell in nowhere. So no, like we all expected like a major character to die. 
Nobody died. How is that fun? Well, at least it's not as dark as it could have been. No, the darkness comes in with the... Okay, so, like, with that first scene, we have uh, we have Chris Pratt drunk as his, uh, a skunk. Um, we have the song Creep playing, which, ladies and gentlemen, is my national anthem after, <laughs> after b- being married to Sandy Rodriguez, Rushmore Rodriguez, Gromit Rodriguez, Davis Rodriguez, Zyger Rodriguez. Don't know what it is now. I never will get tired of that, just so you know. Thank you. Um, no, the song Creep, when Radiohead wrote that, it, it was kind of the national anthem for anyone who was outsider yeah ostracized for for being different yeah um and i was a different kid i'm a different adult um you're a different older person you're gonna call you an adult per se but yeah okay But to have that as almost the anthem of the movie was brilliant because all the guys that are in, this is really, it's like Firefly. Um, yeah, yeah, very much On so. steroids. <laughs> They're all outcasts. broken in some way. They're all outcasts in some way. They all have issues. So I guess the main story in, in this is um, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is a look back on Rocket's creation. Really, And, and the weird thing is like Gunn kind of hinted that this whole series that Rocket was the main protagonist yeah throughout all of this and 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 it's it's kind of cool because like the first movie is about the mom the second movie is about the dad and the third movie is really about the self yeah and i mean the stuff that rocket went through i i'm not the type of person to cry at anything when oh, it was a rough one, man. <laughs> when they showed that cage that he was in, and I was sitting there going, "I've, I've got nine cats, and if my cats lived in, in, a box with feces all over it like that, I, I'd shoot myself." Um, but then the whole implant stuff and and. It was just very hard to go through. This was not your happy joy joy guardians of the galaxies. This was I mean, it turns out to be in the end. But, but it's a tough journey getting there. But it's an extremely tough journey to get there. And, and I, having to watch Rocket <clears throat> go through all that. 
well, not just go through all that, but it, it's it's all done as basically a recreation in his mind after he had been injured. He's and, on death's door, and it's kind of like your life flashing before your yeah. eyes kind of thing, yeah. And it was just... It, the way that Gunn filmed it and had it come out, it it takes you to that whole point of, of your own mortality. You know, um, how much shit did you go through? You know, this poor little raccoon who, who acts like a human being has been through some pretty nasty shit. Yeah. Um, and it's, it was disturbing to watch for a little bit. But I'll tell you what, after watching this one, like I'm thinking back on the second one where he's all, they crash on that one planet and he's all pissy because they're all leaving him and stuff like that. I, I get it now. I get why he was pushing everybody away and trying, you know, it's like, I, I, I understand where he's coming from now. And it makes a lot more sense. And we're talking about a trash panda. It might as well be a Muppet. Yeah, but still, it, you, you, it gets you right in the feels, man. It's, it's tough. I'm sorry. I just looked at my tidbit and I saw something. Um, Focus. Mine must get back on. <laughs> Shiny things. Turn that thing off. Um, but the high evolutionary uh the character that made rocket what rocket was uh he's one of the most purely evil people i think i've ever seen in an mcu movie he had no redeeming qualities whatsoever none and i mean as time went on he was implanting himself with the same stuff that he was implanting in these biological beings that he was creating. And as time went on, it it was almost like Gunn was basically saying it's it, it's it, it's great to have the bionics and stuff like that to help people in certain aspects and all that, but the danger of somebody becoming, uh, as as it says here, an evolutionary ca- character. Yeah, he was trying to create his own world, and he he did so. And that's yeah, doing something weird. Sorry. When he sat back and went, yeah, this isn't working, he blew it up and started over. Yeah. And it's like, wow. Um, I'll tell you the really telling bit about how soulless he was is when he was, uh, at, do we spoil the end where he's he's killing all of Rocket's friends and, and Rocket is screaming and he's like, mock screaming with him the same way that like wild bill did in silence of the lambs you're like oh this dude is just a pure sociopath he's just 
you know, the ultimate narcissist ever. Well, it's it it just, yeah. Shit, that's better words than what I used. I was <laughs> sitting there going, what an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, yeah, it was, um, like I said, this was not the happy, happy, joy, joy guardians of the galaxies that you dealt with. And even in Avengers, when everyone was dying, Iron Man dies, you know, all that. Um, you still kind of have this happy, happy, joy, joy thing. And halfway through this movie, I was like, this really sucks because nobody's winning. Yes. Yeah. Except for the high evolutionary who's basically making an army for himself. Um, you know, but, but in the end, after Rocket is is fixed and all that, yeah, I guess the the positive aspects of it, and this is something that PETA was big on and all that, was that they showed them saving every everyone, every life form, not just everything. the higher life forms. Yeah, you know, and that was one of the comments that was made. I thought we were just saving the, the higher, higher life forms, yeah, the higher evolution. No, it, it, they, or, it, it was one of the guys on Nowhere, and he's like, "I thought we were just saving the higher life forms." And nope, everybody. Okay, which is really kind of, dude. It kind of became a Noah's Ark. Yeah, at the end. Um, The, the Chris Pratt. How do I say this? The guy is incredibly talented. I, I will agree with you. I I love his character. I love the fact that he makes flubs and Gunn keeps it in the movie. Yeah, yeah the first one in the first movie is when he dropped the ball the holding orb. the infinity stone. He reaches down, picks it back up, and holds it back up like, I, I got it. You know? <laughs> and it was just so Star-Lord, he had to keep it in. It's just a... a it's a great character. Um, I could have done without all of the I love you, Gamora, in this one. Um, but the writing had to kind of change. Yeah. <clears throat> because Although we kind of killed off Gamora. Yeah. <laughs> Although I do love the fact that now Gamora cannot understand Groot and she's in the same place that Quill was in the first movie. It's like, yeah. I heard you the first 28 times when you shut up. <laughs> now Groot's character was brilliant. Swole. Swole Groot. Swole. Uh, he, when he loses his entire body, and, and all he has is the head with like the four little limbs. And he just straight out of him, the thing. He looks up and goes, I am Groot. <laughs> You're like, oh my God, this is hilarious. <clears throat> um, the, was it Cos? Who's the Cosmo who, is the dog. 
no, not Cosmo. The the um, Gamora's sister, um, Nebula. Nebula. Nebula, in all of the Guardians of Galaxies movies, has transformed into something a little bit different. But I love this character. But you also have to remember that the snap happened and only rocket and nebula live those extra five years alone you know working with the team blah 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 they've had a little more time to grow than the rest of the mm-hmm. group but um she's always been really interesting to watch um i gamora's always been my favorite but you have one of the hottest actresses out there <laughs> playing her so uh i don't know how i don't even like i just like the fact that like she started hating his guts and it got to the point where she started kind of liking him like okay i don't hate you entirely because there he did something really dickish to somebody and she just smirked like that that was a good one i like that (laughs) just good 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 bits good little that it this movie was a great culmination uh gun did a fabulous job of pulling crap out of each movie and giving it to them to banter with now we already talked about the elevator scene but that was that was absolutely brilliant how he sat there and basically slammed disney for killing off one of his characters before his last movie came out (laughs) So she fell down this hill. It was magical hill, and all of a sudden she's alive again, and she's not the same person. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, Gamora, you gotta love her. Uh, Batista's character we already discussed. We discussed. Uh, oh, I guess it's the last character that we need to discuss is our. Uh, friendly, um, I don't want to say friendly Asian lady. Is she really Asian? She has. Yeah. You're talking about Mantis? Yeah, Mantis. Um, Mantis turns out to be the glue in this whole thing. She yeah, bitch, she bitches at everyone to tell them to shut up. Yeah. Um. She's coming into her own. She's starting to stand her ground now, which is hilarious. And that whole scene where where uh, Bautista's character looks at her and goes, well, just touch him. Yeah. Well, not like not like that. <laughs> <laughs> Touch them. They could feel good. I mean, not like that. But. <laughs> um, so <clears throat> she has the ability that if she touches you in the right place and and speaks she, a command, you you believe it. Well, she's Great. an empath, so she makes you feel stuff. Like she can put you to sleep and all that kind of stuff. And... Great part of the film, which this was, I think, the second or third time we've seen her do this but 
she touched the one card and said, you're in love with Batista. Yeah. You keep doing that. (laughs) Okay, I found it. Her father is Russian and French, and her mother was Korean. Really? Mom's got an interesting background, yeah. Russian, French, and Korean. Mm. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Mm. <laughs> Shouldn't have told Scott that. Mm. All she needs is a uniform. and It's just the antennas that really get me. Uh, so, did you know that James Gunn was fired as the director. You mean during the show? I knew he was fired previous to this movie. Previous to this movie, he had been fired after Guardians of the Galaxies 2. Bautista Drax basically said he would not come back. Yeah, he'd break his contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, his exact quote was, I'm not okay with what's happening to him. And Bautista stated he would demand to be released from his contract from the studio if the studio did not use the screenplay Gunn had originally written. Gunn was promptly rehired. <laughs> um, all right, so before we get into extra trivia and all that stuff, mm-hmm. tell me what you thought about the movie. I overall, I really enjoyed it. I loved getting all these arcs kind of complete or seeing these people kind of heal themselves and being not so broken. Um, and honestly, it had one of the best fight scenes, maybe in the entire MCU. I'm not entirely sure. I mean, short of Endgame, the hallway scene at the end. Well, there were two fight scenes that were actually pretty good. That would be that, that, Warlock that... in the beginning. Now the, the the fight scene in the hallway when they're fighting all the bad guys was I mean it was done as if it was one long shot, but my there was so much going on. I, I watched a video where they slowed it down and you're like, oh my god, how did I miss all this? Group pulling out the 14 guns. Yeah, the one <laughs> that time was fun. You were like, Oh, we're <laughs> gonna have a fight. There there is uh, some mm-hmm. mention of like his race feeds off of not just sunlight and water but like the energy of the people around him while he's around well, it's it's the knowledge of the people around him which becomes their light yeah which causes him to photosynthesize and get larger and they did bring up um i, I didn't mean to cut you off but that mm, was no, like okay. one of the points that that i had here Okay. His whole growth pattern is based upon the people that he's around. And, and, and like two of them are half celestial. Yeah. But they said that there 
there was they talked about how Groot went from a a baby to basically a twenty year old in three movies. And it was he grew that quickly because of the knowledge that was around him. Honestly, every one of the characters in Guardians of the Galaxy from Chris, Chris Pratt's character Quinn, uh, Quill Dra- or Quill Drax, uh, Groot, um, Mantis, Nebula, Rocket, yeah, all of them are smart in their aspects of life, and that's what caused Groot to grow as quickly as he did. It was. It was a really, you know, I, you probably saw the same interview or show that I saw because all of this was, was talked about. And I would say out of all the marvels that there are, this one's probably the most intricate because of the amount of characters that you have. Each of them have the same amount of of screen time, which makes them all kind of equal. You know, Iron Man is about Iron Man. Yeah. Captain America is about Captain America. Thor's about Thor. This is a group of five people that there's six people. Well, I'm so seven, <laughs> seven. So the funny thing is that I'm counting them by the picture that's behind Burke's head. But my head covers two of them. But his head covers two. Of them. <laughs> Anyways, um, darn my thick cranium. So, so what else did you? think about this flick and then I'll give my little synopsis and then we'll we'll give some trivia and we'll rank Star Lord I think Star Lord needs to quit jumping into outer space and getting frozen because three freaking films in a row all right Chris Pratt's character which when his face blew up like that I kind of sat back and went nope he's finally dead (laughs) No. The Um, visuals in this film were truly outstanding. There was something like 23,000 prosthetics used in this film. Um, I also like the fact that like every place they went, it was a very defined environment. Um, So like, you know, you were here like the, you know, the color scheme, everything is like every place you went, it was a very different look. I loved the Ogle Corp. Is that what it's called? Um, Ogosphere, Orgosphere, the medical outpost. I mean, it's like a living building. And that was another like jab at, at Disney for being the, you know, big corporate, all worried about nothing but money kind of thing. So that was kind of fun too um so here's a little bit of trivia for you 
Mm. Well, actually, I guess I should say I already said my high points, the low points with this flick. Um, Is this my number one Guardians of the Galaxies? It's up there. I'd still have to go with number one just because it took me off guard. I I was flabbergasted by how good it was compared to anything I'd seen before. It it, it was just, it was like watching Star Wars for the first time, kind of holy crap. I mean, from from the first song in the opening credits, I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. I think there's I think there's something to say for a director that um, bases a lot of what he's going to film off of music. And, and this how old is Gun? He's like our age, isn't he? We're Keep sure. clicking off the IMDb page. I should just leave it here. Where's your bio? Born 1966. In He's slightly older than me. St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, everything I know about filmmaking, I learned from the Toxic Avenger. <laughs> Uh, no, you got to give him a ton of credit. I mean, any of us that grew up in the 80s, uh, which means that we were born in the 60s, any of us that grew up in the 80s have a special place for music. Music is really important to all of us. Yeah. Uh, when something bad happens what do you do you delve yourself into music and either pull yourself out of the sad dumb or shoot yourself which has music thank goodness we'll have to edit that in post (laughs) (laughs) but but it's true i mean music is very important to to the way that you live your lifestyle. We didn't have streaming services. We, we didn't have safe have... spaces. We didn't have cell phones. We didn't have the internet. We, we didn't, didn't talk have... about our feelings. We didn't have pronouns, damn it. We, didn't uh, have... we weren't allergic to gluten. Oh, you saw that video. <laughs> feral children she, she don't was, fuck with us she was great. <laughs> that's a great her. video <laughs> the bit that you said we weren't allergic to gluten i was like i know <laughs> i know what video he saw <laughs> um we came on when the street lights came on yes. <laughs> <laughs> i mean uh, yeah it, it's been 
it was a really good movie. Yeah. I, I think I probably liked it slightly better than number two. Two yeah. had some good stuff in it, but I like I, I definitely like this better than number two. Does it beat number one? Nothing I, beats I number one. Yeah, number one. Yeah, it's just, yeah. And it falls into that classic category. Well, no, if, yeah. Like the first movie's awesome. The second one's meh. The third one's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's a pretty... Other than Star Trek, most movies fall into that pattern. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Thor Ragnarok director Taika Watiti Watiti was widely rumored to take over as director for James Gunn after he was fired. Taika said he wouldn't have anything to do with it because. It's not his child, you know, be like touching somebody else's children. Well, not that way, but you know, <laughs> his actual quote is that would be like going into someone's house and saying, Hey, I'm your new dad. Yeah. <laughs> and this is how we make peanut butter sandwiches. Now it feels kind of awkward. Uh, Cosmos sex is She's a girl female in the film. Yeah. As a tribute to, uh, is it Laika? Was that her name? The first Laika. dog to go into space with the Russian space agency and die. Yeah, we don't talk about that. Uh, James Gunn based the High Evolutionary and his Counter Earth on H.G. Wells' dark sci-fi tale, The Island of Doctor Moreau. Did you know? That makes sense, yeah. There, there are three callbacks in this movie to the movie 2001 a Space Odyssey. Uh, the, the brightly colored spacesuits when they go down to Oglecorp. Uh, the girl running in that stationary circle in front of the high evolutionary. And when they invade the Orgoscope, it's bathed in red light just when they were turning off Hal. So... And that comes from James himself. How? Oh. Um, Sorry, Dave. I can't do that. Nathan Fillions plays Master Karja. Fillions has appeared in each Guardians of the Galaxies movie. Each time playing a different role in Guardians of the Galaxies, Fillions voiced CGI character Monstrous Inmate. In Volume 2, he appeared on the film poster in the background as actor Simon Williams, Williams, a.k.a. Wonder Man. Which is actually an MCU or a Marvel character, believe it or not. In this film, Drax refuses to share his Zargnuts with Mantis. (laughs) This is because... In the Guardians of the Galaxy's holiday special, she ate all of them without his permission. <laughs> were the Zargnuts. I ate them. Those were my Zargnuts. That was a great part of the flake. Can I have one? No, I'm out. Crunch, crunch, crunch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I love seeing Yandu again. It looks like Obi-Wan Force Ghost kind of there as a 
you know, letting Craglin know to, you can do it. You can, you can do this thing, man. You got this. Oh, this one you already mentioned, the first MCU movie to have an uncensored yeah. use of the word fuck. <laughs> Guys, if, if you don't want an uncensored use of the word fuck, please come to the Davis and Davis show. <laughs> the, the character Adam Warlock was going to appear in Guardians of the Galaxies 2, but his scene was cut by Gunn, who felt it would end up having too many characters. Yeah. It really didn't fit that story. Nobody made it I to the it, Avengers. Yeah. I'm just I, I thought it was I thought it was kind of cool when they let when the evolutionary said that he invented the uh the sovereign, the gold people. They're his creation. All right. Um did you hear oh. about this? The Twitter question? Mm-mm. A fan asked writer-director James Gunn on Twitter if there were actually, if there was actually a change in Drax's look as to them it looked, wait. Why he's wearing clothes? Looked like Drax actually had a slight green tint to him. But Gunn confirmed that Drax has always been gray in the MCU and gave three very specific reasons for the decision. Now, before I go any further, I'll have to explain this. In the comic series, Drax is green. With purple. Yeah. Now we'll find out why. Gave three very specific reasons for the decision. Drax has always been gray. Three reasons. The green M- screen. The MCU has more than enough green people. Number True. two. With makeup, there is no color more difficult to make look like skin than green. And number three. Drax may love Christmas. But he isn't Christmas. In other <laughs> words, he's not going to be red and green. <laughs> that I mean, I know they use a lot of blue screen, but they also still use green screen, and that would make that really difficult. All right. Do you know the Cree language? I have. I know of the Cree language. I don't know it, but okay. I know that the signs said. Well, actually, the Guardians of the Galaxy was the in the Cree language was above the bar. Yeah, that Cree. was that was the sign that Groot and uh, Ma- not Mantis Cosmo um, Cos the dog. I think the dog. Put no, up it wasn't. No, it was the girl Nebula. Uh, Nebula. Nebula. Oh shit! It's written right there. Dumbass. <laughs> Yes, the sign that Nebula and Groot put up says in Cree Guardians of the Galaxies. Now, there's a couple other signs here and there in Cree also. I just can't remember them off the top of my head. All right, ladies and gentlemen, 
Here comes the big one. In all three movies, whenever <clears throat> a title card comes up as to where they are, there is coordinates. And they are actually Easter eggs. Cryptic Easter eggs. Now, I'm not going to tell you where. I'm not going to tell you what they say. I want you to go find out on your own. But there are translators that you can go to. Or you can cheat and just go on YouTube and find the translation for most of them. Why do you have to ruin it for everyone? Because I don't think I I couldn't figure it out. I, (laughs) I mean, it has taken like all of Reddit to figure out most of them, and they have not gotten all of them. Dude, I didn't even know they were there until I saw this movie. And then I was like, oh, crap, these mean things. Mm -hmm. You thought they were just coordinates? You were wrong. No, he's saying stuff to you through the whole movie. Oh, that that is cool as shit. (laughs) (laughs) All right, people. We're about to take a break here. We're going to come back. We're going to rate this movie. Then we're going to get our asses out of here. Remember, davisanddavisshow.com. All sorts of stuff to look at, and all of our episodes Mm. are there, and pictures, and Mm. all sorts of fun stuff. Mm. What other website do we have? Oh, we have the davisanddavisshow.com for all of your merchandising needs. If you need a picture of Burke on the back of your shirt, we have it. <laughs> have we had a single sale yet? Taking mighty shit. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> now, I'll tell you what. You ought to put up a couple cups. I mean, somebody might buy a, a, a Yeti mug or something like that with our logo. That would be kind of cool. Well, actually, I'm going to start producing Yeti mugs and stuff here at the house with the new laser printer. Is it a laser? It is a laser. (laughs) (sighs) Um, All right. On that note, um, we're going to go out of this segment with the last song from this movie that is awesome i love it. it's just this song to me seems like it should have been done in like the 60s maybe but it's got such a great indie vibe it's awesome there are people that dance and there are people that don't dance but you notice how he did end up dancing at the end yes because he's a daddy again love that guy all right guys <laughs> We've got 43 seconds. I need to get out of here because I have to pee. (laughs) We'll be right back. All the good beer. Oh uh-huh. 
The most hated band by birth. Was that Marillion? Oh, yes. I say I hated them. I just don't appreciate them as much as you do. That's why there's all sorts of different music out there for all sorts of different people. I don't know why I like them so much. Like I even it, it doesn't matter. I I even sat down and listened the one day, and I, I listened to it as like a music professional. And mm-hmm. I was like, this guy's voice really sucks. <laughs> okay, but th- that doesn't matter. It, it's do you enjoy it? I mean, it, it is literally like. Some people like Rocky Road ice cream and some people like vanilla. I like, why do you like vanilla? Vanilla's good, you know, but it's just not for everybody. It doesn't matter. It's what you like. Don't don't ever care about what I, people think about you. Just enjoy what you enjoy. You know, I we I've drink bourbon this. with ginger ale and that just sets off bourbon and you know purists to no oh, end. Yeah. Screw oh, yeah. you. I love bourbon and ginger ale, and I'm going to drink my bourbon with ginger ale. So, there's there's very few bands in the world that I can sit back and go. I turn it on and I calm down, and this is just one of those bands. Like I, I get into my happy place. That's all that matters, man. Mm. All right, I got two little pieces of trivia here. All right, buddy. Give the, it to me. Their new ship is called the Bowie, named after David Bowie. You know that uh, there were three ships. The yes, and they were all named after people that either Peter uh, that Gunn or Peter Quill would like. The first one was um, uh, the girl from uh, the Witch series. Uh, the Milano after Alyssa Milano. Yes. The second one was the Benatar after Pat Benatar. Yes. This is the Bowie named after David Bowie who Gunn wanted David Bowie to do a cameo for Guardians 2. Unfortunately, Bowie passed away right before filming took place. So he could not get him in there, uh, which I thought would have been fucking great. Uh, That interior set for that Bowie ship was four stories tall. That's a big, big Big interior. I mean, that's a big set piece. Um, And at the very end of the film, Groot speaks up and says, I love you guys. Yeah, it's the first time that Groot says something besides, I am Groot. No, it's not that. It's you as the audience have been around these guys and grown up with some law, you now understand Groot speak. And, and Gunn actually confirmed this. It, it, it's a translation convention. We have grown so close to these characters that we now understand Groot. Oh my God, that's awesome. <laughs> I didn't even realize that. That's why like nobody turned around and looked at him strangely. He was speaking Groot. We just understand it now. So, do you remember talking about that 35-pound model? Yeah. Do you... I think it sits in James Gunn's office right now and scares the hell out of people. Actually, Karen Gillian owns 
the 35-pound <laughs> lifelike model of Chris Pratt. <clears throat> that Chris Pratt found himself to be horrifying. Uh, in this in this film, Counter Earth is an artificial copy of Earth. Yeah, from like the seventies, basically. And I gotta admit, I loved the aesthetic of that place. I really did. I, I found myself wanting them to explore that world more. I thought it would have been fascinating. Uh, Counter Earth in the comics is a synthetic version of Earth created by the high evolutionary and placed a microsecond out of dimension sink in order to hide it from Earth. Interesting. So no matter what, even though it was in the universe, you could It was out of our get, perception range. Yeah, you couldn't get to it. I love our trivia. I do. <laughs> Orgo Corp. Orgo meaning organic or uh-huh. carbon-based is the high evolutionary's corporate front for the cybernetic parts and implants used around the galaxy. The fact that in Guardians of the Galaxies 2, Yandu knew scientist-made rocket reveals that this galaxy knows who the high evolutionary is and just looks the other way when it comes to his experiments on lower life forms. Well, I mean, they were ravagers. They're into illegal stuff anyway. But yeah, you get the, the corporate front and then you got what he's doing on the side. They're pirates? They're kind of pirates, yes. What I'm just saying, the pirates themselves knew that you know you get the corporate front, and then he's doing some shady shit inside. I don't want to know about it. When I opened Disneyland in 1956, nothing worked. Yeah, but John, the pirates, the Caribbean breaks down. The pirates don't eat the tourists. (laughs) This film marks the longest gap between the first film and third film in an MCU trilogy. Eight years and ten months. Guardians of the Galaxies was released in 2014. And the last installment was released in 2023. Now, I do have to say this. We went through COVID. And yeah, that, this nothing, film should have been out three years ago easily. Nothing was filmed for two years. So. Nothing major. Yeah. They even Bond, like they had to, the last James Bond film, they had to go back and reshoot stuff because technology in the two years had progressed. Like they had to change out cell phones. There's a bunch of stuff they had to change just because it took them so long to get that film out. Hmm. Any other cool little trivias you're finding there? I did not go to IMDb to look up trivia, so it's all you. The second MCU film to use the song Heart Crazy on You was this film. It was first used in Captain Marvel's 2019 version, 
when Carol's childhood memories are first shown. Uh, I don't know. If you... I, I sometimes forget that movie exists. It was just like, man. You know what? This is a this is a show topic thing that we have to do, um, which is rate the Marvel Universe oh, movies. That's gonna piss off somebody. Oh, it's gonna piss off somebody. <laughs> um, but I think that's actually on our list of stuff to do. I think it is. I may move that up because that's something that uh, that excites. After seeing this flick, I I realized the dominance of the Marvel universe over DC, and it it was totally reversed when we were younger because Superman, oh, yeah. Batman, Superman, all that's... Batman. Oh yeah, that, that dominated the TV waves. Oh my god, those they made a Captain America TV series that was horrible. Yeah. Absolutely horrible. They made a, a a Spider-Man TV series in the 70s that was slightly better and yet still absolutely horrible. The Incredible Hulk started a, it was a little better. Yeah, but it, it was a little better. I mean, you had yeah, yeah, it was a little better. That the thing about the Hulk as compared to the other Marvel universes is that we had a TV series that was cheesy as hell. And I think that kind of ruined what the Hulk was about. When the Hulk movies came out, I was actually a little more into it because it was closer to the to the, the comic, comic book source, yeah. You know, the the Hulk, the TV series, and I'm not knocking uh, Lou Ferrigno or or any of them. Bill but it was, but it was the '70s when that came out. Yeah. '70s or '80s, I can't remember. Late '70s, um, early '80s, probably. Yeah. And you, you're just not going to have the same quality that we have now the hulk movies that are out now to die for and they're based i'm sorry people all the clamped no i'm getting hurt belching your beer (laughs) getting heartburn like crazy um yeah the, the 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 movies are more, they are close, closer to the, I think a lot of people got turned off with the Hulk because of the TV series. The TV series was cheese. And a lot of people didn't go and watch the movie because of the cheese that they went through. Yeah. And the first couple Hulk movies weren't like a officially mcu although they kind of retconned the very last one a little bit i mean officially the mcu kind of started with iron man but they they kind of retconned 
that last one in there. But yeah, it they 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 got better and then they looked better and they were better. So all right. So rate all Marvel movies. All right, got it on the list. All right. Now we kind of have to rate this movie. Mm. I mean, for mm. me, I, I this is it's a top shelf movie for me. It's not a box movie, but I think right, it's definitely we, on top shelf. So everyone knows we have shelf one through five, and then we have the box, the Hallowed locked. We have Lexi ba- plexiglass box. The box. Best movies ever. Ever. That's right. It Lone, ain't a box. Lone Wolf McQuaid's in there. <laughs> Spies like us. <laughs> <laughs> every every movie Scott's ever suggested to watch, <laughs> all winners is in Everyone. the box. <laughs> Ranger, Ranger, Ranger. <laughs> um, so you're going top shelf number one. Yeah, it it, it it's. It's close to being a two or a one or a top, but God, I love me some Guardians, man. It's like, so like me, I, I think I think the second movie would be a second shelf for uh, me. Okay, that, that's the question I was just about yeah. to ask you. Let's, yeah, Guardians let's, is give damn the, close to being a box movie. Give me the first movie. What do you have there? It's damn near a box. the The first Guardians movie. It could be a box. It could be a box. It could be in the box. What about second movie? Second shelf. And the third movie. It, it, it's it's two dash one. Okay, I'll tell you what. If I get to watch it again, I'll give it a definite rating. I, I'm going to put it at a one point five at this moment. It's it's somewhere between two and one. All right. For me, Guardians of the Galaxy number one is in the box. Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy number two is on shelf number two. And Guardians of the Galaxy number three is, I'm sorry to say, on shelf number three. Or uh, number two. Okay. I'm all right with that. It's, I, 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 I bet if you watch it a second time, there was so much good in this movie. I love seeing Lila and all his friends and everything. I was like, I loved, I love finally getting that backstory on Rocket and seeing why he was the way he was in all the other two movies. The okay, so for me. I would have loved to have seen this movie kind of like the solo movie for Star Wars. A turnoff of the series 
but based on Rocket's life. Now, hmm. the Star Wars series had several uh, offshoot movies that came off that just discussed certain people's lives. One of them was Solo. It's not necessarily all Star Wars, but it's based on everything that Solo went through. And I would have rather they done that. Hmm. But well, I, th- I think the problem is Gunn knew he couldn't do that and wanted to like wrap it all up because this is going to be his last hurrah probably with these guys. So, Well, I would agree with you on that. Um, I think Gunn also got basically backstabbed with the Avengers series uh, with his characters being inputted into that. And that kind of, uh, it killed a lot of things, but I'm not, I'm not going to argue about a Disney decision. You know, that's a corporation yell at the wind. Yeah. It's a corporation. They're going to do what they have to do to make money. Um, but I think that that brought down my score of this flick. I may watch this, this film again and have a different regard for it. But I think Gunn was backed into a position because of everything that had evolved to where he couldn't advance it cinematography in this phenomenal the yep. cgi all of the computer graphics were just well, all the practical was good. the practical was amazing in this one too yeah I, I you cannot you cannot put down anything on this film as far as uh audio as far as video um as far as graphics go the problem in lies with what Disney did through the whole thing to kind of ruin the storyline yeah. that was there. And uh, I, I don't know how you fix that. Well, you can't fix it. Yeah, you it's can't. Done. Yeah, yeah. It's, what's done is done. So Mr. Gunn's going to move on and do something phenomenal. It'd be real interesting to see if he started outgrossing Disney with his films. That would be that would, that'd be pretty funny, actually. <laughs> well, he's like uh, he's like the head of the DC unit. Now. Yeah, he's like the Feige of DC at this point. So, so it's going to be real interesting to see where he takes this. But there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxies. Go watch it. It's actually Yeah, it's a, a great flick. It's a great flick. Be ready to cry. Uh be ready to laugh and be ready to sit back and go, that elevator scene was the best scene out of this whole 
davisonddavisshow.com ladies and gentlemen please go there we have an episode guide you can actually listen to all of our podcasts there and if you're interested in some merch needs go to the davisonddavisshow.com yeah anything else for me and my friend that as they say is that we'll see you guys in a couple of days remember new shows every tuesday and thursday we're banked up on shows for a couple of weeks so um these are coming out a couple of weeks after we record them sorry about that enjoy it though (laughs) everyone have a great night and we'll talk to you soon we're out of here